I have said before that, and it was kind of funny, I was meeting with Jeanette Bankovic from EWTN yesterday. Um, she has some great shows, Women of Grace, and we were getting ready to film. Uh, on, I was on a panel, and, and she was talking about our presence on YouTube and social media and how we're, the Marian Fathers are, are reaching out to the world through this new medium of evangelization. And I said, yes, we are trying, thanks to the help of Brother Mark and Brother Ken and all those others who are, are helping us to do this. And she said, now, do you get, what kind of feedback do you get? I says, it's, it's always funny. Whenever we do a talk or a video, the first day is beautiful. We always get all the positive responses. Thank you to the Marian Fathers. We're learning so much. This is wonderful. The first day is always glorious. <laughs> then the second day, usually the morning of the second day, it's still good. But it is always towards the evening of the second day and into the third day that we get all the hate mail. And she was perplexed. And I said, oh, it's very easy. I have figured this out. Our Catholic Marian helpers and our Catholic brethren watch our videos when they first come out, but then they share it. They share the talks. They share the videos with others. Fallen away Catholics, non-Catholics, atheists, co-workers. God has brought a greater good out of COVID. Satan thought he had us closing the doors and he thought he had us. But God said, no, I'm going to create a greater good out of this. And so I said, by day three is when we get all the hate mail because that's when our Marian helpers are sharing it with non-Christians or non-Catholics. And she said, really? And I said, yeah. And number one, is call no man your father. And how dare you call yourself a father? Because it says Father Chris. How dare you call yourself father? And we just read here in the passage, Jesus says not to call someone your father. So how do we as Catholics answer that? Well, you might want to start by asking, why did Jesus say Father Abraham? Jesus called him Father Abraham. The Ten Commandments call someone other than God Father. Who is the man who sired you? Your father. What do you call the man who gave you life? Father. The rich man in the parable called out Father Abraham to come dip his finger in the cool water. This is Luke 16, 24. Paul, St. Paul, calls religious leaders fathers in Acts 7-2 and Acts 22-1. Then St. Paul tells the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 4-15, I became your father. I always laugh, I think, of Star Wars, because it was Luke. Luke, I am your father. And so this is what St. Paul is telling us. I am your father. Now, a priest is a spiritual father. We call him father in a spiritual sense. He has many children. Now, Jesus backed this up in John 8, 56. He said, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day 
and he saw it and was glad. So why does Jesus say, call no man your father? What he is talking about is there's only one creator, one Abba, the creator father, the true father, the father of all of us. It's not meant that you can't call somebody your biological father or even your spiritual father. People call us priests and spiritual They know we didn't create them. Calling somebody Father Chris or Father Matthew or Father Kaz doesn't mean Matthew or Kaz or Chris created you. That's what God is trying to say. You weren't created by some sun god. Don't call him Father. And so, <clears throat> as the commandment tells us, Jesus did not mean to never call someone Father because he said, honor your father and mother. Right? So Jesus meant we are no longer under the covenant of the patriarchs, right? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We are now under the covenant of the one and only Abba, Father. That's what he meant. Now, why do I bring this up? Well, it was in the reading, but also because we call St. Augustine a patristic father. He is one of the church Fathers. He's a doctor of the church and a father, a patristic father. Now, the shame of some of our lovely non-Catholic brethren is that the church didn't exist to them before 1517. Before the Reformation, it didn't exist to them. Are we just going to throw away everything Augustine wrote? prior to the Protestant Reformation, it makes no sense. It makes no sense whatsoever. The ultimate father is St. Augustine, and we celebrate his reading today, or his uh, feast day today. And so <clears throat> he was the ultimate in a church father, meaning he's the father of our faith. Now, who was he? Okay, he was way back. He, he lived from 354 to 430. He was actually Roman. He was a Roman living in Africa, and he died on August the 28th, which is today's date, why we celebrate it. Now, his writings completely and hugely developed Western Christianity and Western philosophy. And so we need to listen to him not just disregard him. He was a, what they call a Manichaean. He was heretical. He had several concubines. So everybody here who's scandalized and priests not always acting the best, St. Augustine was one of them, all right? Now, he was, in fact, one of his concubines was only 10 years old. Ouch. And so we, we have to look back and say, God uses broken people. But then he converted. You know, it was funny because before he converted, one of his problems and his struggles was chastity. And so he had that famous line, Lord, please give me chastity, just not yet. Because he was living his wayward life. So his first insight into the nature of sin was when he stole some fruit, though he did not want to. This was in his book, The Confessions. And he didn't steal the fruit because he was hungry. He stole the fruit because it wasn't permitted. He wanted to rebel. 
And, and, and he said, by, by this act, he realized our very nature is flawed. He said, it was foul, but I loved it. This is concupiscence. All of us in our broken human nature have a tendency to sin. We have a tendency to gluttony, go through the seven deadly sins, right? Pride, sloth, anger, envy, lust, greed, gluttony. We all have a tendency for those things. It's called concupiscence. And from this, he concluded that the human person is naturally inclined to sin. And that's where we got developed the whole dogma and doctrine of original sin. And so he helped develop this doctrine of original sin and how we are in need of the grace of Christ. We are born sinful. And so in 385, he then, he started to convert and he ended his relationship uh, with, he had an adult lover at the time, but he was getting worse. He, he was preparing to marry a 10-year-old girl and he had to wait for two years because even back then the legal age to marry was 12. <laughs> and so by the time that she turned 12 and he was able to marry her, he had converted. He decided to become a celibate priest. And so his conversion was prompted by this little childlike voice that he heard when, um, when he was going through this phase, telling him to take up and read. He kept hearing this voice, take up and read. And so he took this as a command from God and he opened the Bible. And I just told the story the other day <clears throat> when I was in North Carolina and the Bible fell off the table and I opened it up right to Matthew 19, and I was praying for God to give me a sign. And, and it said, whoever, um, some are born eunuchs, and others are made eunuchs, and there are some who choose to be eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of God. <laughs> and I read that and said, oh boy, Lord, you, you are asking me to give up. At that time, I wanted to, planning to marry Gina, and I, I just was struggling. And so I said, Lord, you were speaking to me through this Bible. Well, this is what he did. He opened up the Bible randomly and he turned to Romans 13. And this is what it said. Not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. And so he realized, I'm living this wrong life. So he started to change, committed to living this life of celibacy. He wrote The City of God, classic work. I read this in seminary. And it was written to console his fellow Christians shortly after the Visigoths had sacked Rome. Now here's the funny thing. Do you know that every book you read says Rome fell in 476? Actually, the fall of Rome, there was actually happened before that in 410. And the fall of Rome was led by a guy named Alaric, A-L-A-R-I-C. And he was from the western bank of the Danube. We did some testing in our family, and my family comes from the western bank of the Danube. And my name is A-L-A-R. 
and his was A-L-A-R-I-C. So my mom always teases my dad, I knew you were a barbarian. I just, I knew you were a barbarian. So anyway, the city of God um, basically was the Catholic church, was distinct from the earthly city. And so here the vandals led by Alaric destroyed all of this area, sacked Rome. They even came into Hippo, but Augustine's cathedral and library were untouched. It's kind of like this miracle we're hearing about in uh, Hawaii, right? I, I don't know the whole story, but all the wildfires ravaged through and right in the middle of it, it's this Catholic church, right? Untouched. Like, wow. And so this is what happened. Um, however, though, to finish, he was mistaken on some things. This does not mean, and this is where uh, the letters come in. You think the Pope is God. You think, you know, and, and, and you think the saints are God. No, we do not think St. Augustine was God. He made mistakes. Do you know the mistakes he made? First, if he believed, listen to this. He believed that the serpent got Eve because she was less rational and lacked self-control as a woman. Now, okay, this was a viewpoint of the times that we know now is not correct, but that was the view of the time. And he said, Adam's choice to eat the apple was an act of kindness so that Eve would not feel bad <laughs> and that Eve would not be left alone. So Adam was an innocent victim, and it was really Eve's fault. No, this is not church teaching. So yes, they can make mistakes, but they have given us the foundation of our faith. He believed that sin entered the world because man did not exercise control over the woman, that the spirit did not control the flesh, and that Adam did not control Eve. So again, this is, this is part of the development of our faith. St. Thomas Aquinas, the greatest theologian in the history of the world, had confusion on the immaculate conception. So he does praise women, though, uh, and the role in society in the church. He, so he's not this chauvinist. Um, you know, he, he comments on the Samaritan woman, remember, in the Gospels, and uses the woman, this woman, as a figure of the church. So he saw the importance of women too. Um, he vigorously condemned induced abortion. This is something way back in the late 300s. Vigorously condemned induced abortion. Called it a crime to have an abortion at any stage of pregnancy. At any stage. So he, even back then, he was right on things like that. So he worked tirelessly for people to convert to Catholicism. We've lost that today. We call it proselytizing. We call it a dirty word, not to St. Augustine. He says, your salvation depends on it. You need to become Catholic. And so we now honor him today. He's the patron, excuse me, of printers. So we at the Marian Helper Center today honor Augustine, theologians, because he's amazing in what he has taught and brewers because he enjoyed beer. And so we have a great guy today in it. And you know, his whole point that he taught us was about humility. And in fact, the last reading of the gospel, 
Last line, whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Um, you know, humility is the queen virtue. That's why we turn to Mother Mary. And, and remember, humility is not thinking less of yourself. Humility is thinking of yourself less. Huge difference. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. As I always say, that'd be like Barry Sanders saying, I wasn't a good football player. He was the best ever. It's not true. That's a lie. Humility is simply the truth. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It is thinking of yourself less. So when you had Barry Sanders and he would score a touchdown or run for 2,000 yards in a season, he didn't point to himself and say, I'm the greatest. He pointed to his offensive linemen and said, they deserve all the credit. That is humility. And so let us take the example of St. Augustine today. A father called no man your father. Well, meaning he didn't create you. He's not that father. He's not Abba father. But he is a patristic father that led us in our faith. He is also an example of humility that realized he was on the wrong path to destruction and in his humbleness came back to God and converted. Let us do the same today with the example of this great saint. Hello, I'm Father Thaddeus Langton of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception, and I'm excited to let you know about my new podcast with Father Timothy Childers called Keeping It Marian. To access the podcast, simply visit divinemercyplus.org or search Keeping It Marian on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on whatever podcast platform you prefer. I want to share with you the riches of the charism of the Marian Fathers, which is the mystery of the Immaculate Conception, how it touches our lives as consecrated priests and religious, and how this mystery can bear fruit in your life, especially by keeping the Word of God and pondering it in our hearts in imitation of our Blessed Mother. I hope you'll join us. Again, it's called Keeping It Marian. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.